Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 16th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Flynn. Before we start, I just want to remind everyone to like and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the College Football Daily on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, I'm happy to be joined by Mike Carmen. He covers Purdue football and athletics for the Journal and Courier in West Lafayette. Mike, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming back on the podcast and joining me. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me and uh, look forward to it. So Mike, first and foremost, I know you've been out there covering the Boilermakers fall camp. Any big takeaways so far from what you've seen from Purdue? You know, anybody, any unit, anything that's kind of, I guess, stood out so far as that September game against Penn State gets closer? Well, a, a couple things stand out about this team this year is in certain spots, they have more depth than what they've had uh, in recent years. And uh, the defensive line is one of those where they they probably right now could go three deep at each position, rotate those guys in and still be effective. You know, the whole goal is, you know, keep your better players fresh as you get in the third and fourth quarter. You know, Mark Hagan, the defensive line coach, has, you know, assembled a lot of bodies. Now, what they don't have is a George Karloftis who graduated. So that production is going to have to come from a variety of different players, not just one guy. But they do have experience when you look at the tackles with Branson Dean and uh, Lawrence Johnson, and they've added some other pieces on the on the edge uh, in the offseason through the portal. Uh, so with that position, you get depth. Running back, they've got more bodies than they've had in the past as well. The addition of Kobe Lewis, a uh, transfer from Central Michigan, who didn't play last year because he was injured, but was a 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, for the Chippewas earlier in uh, his career, but they have King Daru back, they have Dylan Downing back, so they, they've got they've got more players there than they've had in the past. And receivers kind of fall in the same line too. They have a bunch, but they don't have a David Bell, and it's just a matter of getting those guys healthy. So one of the takeaways is that they, they've got some key positions. They've got more guys that they can turn to if injuries pop up or they need better play, and uh, we'll see how that how how that plays out throughout the season. So I don't think quarterback Aiden O'Connell's story gets talked about enough, right? Going from walk-on to now a preseason All-Big Ten selection, he's vaulted himself into one of the best quarterbacks that the Big Ten has to offer. So now that he enters really his second year being the guy running Jeff Brom's offense, how high do you think his ceiling is and how much better do you think he can get this season compared to last year and years previous? I think there's another step for him. Um, that's going to come with his ability to move the pocket and escape some danger. He's not the most fleet-footed guy, footed guy out there, uh, but you know neither is Tom Brady. But it's just a matter of you know recognizing where the pressure is coming from, being able to to get away from it. He's done a lot of work, a lot of footwork uh, in the off season to try to enhance that athletic ability. He has the arm strength. He has the knowledge. Uh, he has all those intangibles. And you also have to remember, he, Jeff Brom did not start him last year at the in the first game. They went with Jack Plummer, and it was only a little bit as they got closer to the midway point that that Jeff made the change and went with Aiden full time. And he rewarded him with a string of five or six consecutive games of seventy percent completion uh, percentage. But the big question now for Aiden is how does he keep this passing offense going when you don't have a David Bell? And David Bell was is was such a security blanket for for any quarterback, and you even go back to Rondell Moore as well. Where if you throw it in the area, they're going to get it. Now Purdue does not have an NFL caliber wide receiver right now, but 
can Aiden elevate the play of the right receivers uh, throughout the course of the season? I think he can. I think he's got the experience, and I think he has the right attitude uh, to get it done. But yeah, he, he is one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten right now. And there'll be a lot of weight on his shoulders, but I, I think he's grown into this through this role where he can handle it. And you bring up Rondell Moore and David Bell. So my question now is, I guess, just what's the general state of the passing game looking like so far in camp? Because look, unlike previous years, there is no guy that is that surefire high NFL draft pick at receiver. So who's stepped up to potentially emerge as a wide receiver one? And how is that phase of the offense just adjusting overall with not really a lot of star power in it like years past? Well, they've used the transfer portal with Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones from Iowa, two guys that will be counted on in the in the receiver core. You know, Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones actually go back to their youth football days in Illinois where they didn't grow up in the same town, but they they played in the same youth league. And that's kind of how their relationship started. And I know that Purdue is counting on Jones and Tracy to to fill that void of, of David Bell. They'll have to do it as a group. I don't know if one individual can do that. And then the other part of it is too, is just getting some of their guys healthy on the field. When healthy, I think they have a very talented group, but they, they've got to get healthy, number one. Uh, and they brought in a transfer from Auburn, Elijah Cannon, who has flashed uh, really good things in the in the first part of camp. Uh, he's a big target, 6'4 guy who could be a red zone weapon for them. Uh, so I think uh, there's some pieces there, but you know, as you mentioned, they don't have that number one all pro, all, all Big Ten guy that you're going to count on. Uh, but I think through the course of the season, you may see some of that develop. And in the end, that may help Purdue because they're going to spread the ball out a little bit more. And then one thing that doesn't get talked a lot about talked a lot about with Purdue as the tight ends. I think Payne Durham's one of the better ones. I think he could really excel in this offense if if they fed the ball to the tight end. Now they did lose their backup tight end uh, Garrett Miller to a knee injury in practice, uh, so they're going to be a little bit thin at tight end. But I, I think that could be a, a useful position for the passing game this season if they if they go to it more. So maybe no all Big Ten receiver, but certainly uh, some very capable weapons there uh, catching the football. We're going to talk more about Purdue with Mike Carmen when we come back. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Joined by Mike Carmen, he covers Purdue for the Journal and Courier in West Lafayette, Indiana. So we talked about star power before and how the wide receiver room needs to adjust to not having it like they did previously. Well, the defensive line in a similar spot as George Karloftis was picked in the first round of the NFL draft by the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a big presence on the defensive line that needs to be replaced. Who do you have your eyes on, whether it's one or two guys to not necessarily replicate the production from Karloftis, but at least pick up some of the slack that his departure ultimately brings? 
Well, the, the guy that's going to take his place probably from a starting percep- perception is uh, Jack Sullivan, who was George's backup last year and has played several snaps. So he has some of experience. Uh, so he, he's going to get the first crack on it. He, you know, he, he, he alone cannot replace George's production. They've got some depth there with uh, Corday Sindor. He hasn't played a whole lot in his first couple of years, but he's got long arms. Uh, he looks the part. And I would expect him to, as the season goes on, the potential to make an impact. And when you go to the other side, the other defensive end, which is their Leo position, which is a hybrid defensive end linebacker, uh, they brought in a transfer from Murray State, Scotty Humpich, who has really been really been good in camp. I expect him to get a lot of playing time. And that position in itself could be a pretty productive uh, spot for Purdue. So I think a lot of the production will come off the edge. But as I mentioned earlier, with uh, the two tackles they have, and they have a lot of depth at tackles, you know, I think you're, you're going to look at several guys to try to make up that production. Now, what's going to happen is that these players are not going to get double teamed like George did. So they're going to have to win a lot of one-on-one matchups. They're going to have to you know be impactful players in those in those situations and able to get some pressure in the backfield and you know disrupt things as much as uh, Purdue was able to last year. So Mike, a couple more from me. The Big Ten West, honestly, I think is pretty wide open. I think the contenders all have questions that, if not answered, can hold them back from representing the division in Indianapolis. Look, Iowa, it's obviously their offense. Wisconsin, it's Graham Mertz. Minnesota, I'd probably say it's Tanner Morgan and how he responds with Kirk Shiraka back. But in regards to Purdue, what would you say is their weak point, right? Like those other teams mentioned, what's the one question you have for Purdue that needs to be answered in order for them to be successful in 2022? Well, a lot of it is, can they stay healthy? And that's going to be with a lot of teams because they don't have depth across the board. They have some depth in spots, but not, not across the board. You know, what happens when their number one players go down? You know, can you pick up, pick up that production? You know, Purdue's got, you know, they're not, they're not really deep at linebacker and they're probably not suited at linebacker for uh, facing spread offensive teams. I think the, the linebackers they'll start the year with are are good downhill type of linebackers that do do very well against the run. You know they can play well against Iowa and Wisconsin. Once teams start to spread them out, I think they you know they have some challenges there. They probably need to get more athletic in that position. And you know Purdue doesn't necessarily need a Wisconsin type running game, but they need to be able to convert short yardage situations. And they they did better at that last year. They need to take another step forward this year just to balance things out offensively. I mean, Purdue's going to throw the ball. I mean, there's no there's no question about that. But they do need to get some yards on the ground in, in, in situations that keep drives alive and be able to hold on to the ball and maybe, you know, potentially uh, run out the clock. But, you know, you know, I think Purdue is closer to challenging for the West this year than they have been in the past. I think the schedule is very favorable for them to do that. And it doesn't hinge on the first game. Obviously, beating Penn State at home would propel you in a situation where you're going to be a challenger to the end because, you know, the month of September, once you get past Penn State, is not daunting. They have to go to Syracuse, uh, which is, you know, be a tough road game, but it's not impossible. So they could, if you can win that first game, you'd hit October undefeated potentially and then kind of go from there. So I think they're closer. To, to contending for the West, but they're going to need some help and they're going to need some breaks uh, and they're going to need to stay healthy. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, potentially they, they could be there once you get to the middle of November. 
So, Mike, I'll get you ahead of here on this one. We talked last offseason about the pressure on Jeff Brown that was heading into 2021. And look, Purdue, they just went nine and four to really take any pressure off of him moving forward. So coming off a nine and four season, as you look at 2022, what are your expectations for this team? And if you have one, what's your prediction for the Boilermakers this season? Well, I, I think from a win perspective, a lot depends on that first game. If you can win it, I, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that, and I, you know, I don't, I don't like saying this because it's only happened once in program history is there's a pathway to 10 wins for this team if a lot of things go right because the schedule the way it's set up you know if you win that first game then you got a chance to be 4-0 in September and then when you look at the back half of the schedule with uh, I believe it's Iowa Northwestern Indiana's in there and there's another 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 game in there that they could potentially be 4-0 in in November so what would you have to do in October go 2-2 and so, I mean, there's a pathway there to have a very successful season. There's also a pathway to have five wins. If you stub your toe in the first game, if you lose at Syracuse, if you can't solve Minnesota, which they, you know, they haven't really done during Jeff's tenure here. So there's a wide variety there. My, you know, I, I think this team is capable of, number one, getting back to a bowl game, whether that's six wins, seven wins. Uh, and then the other things come into play as far as staying healthy and getting a break here and there, taking advantage of some some situations and having some playmakers emerge at offense and maintaining what you've done in defense the last year where they've been more aggressive and been able to play better on that side of the ball. So a lot of things would have to work for them to to reach the high mark. But I do think this is a bowl team and I think this team will be in a bowl game at the end of the year. You can follow him on Twitter at Carmen underscore JC covering Purdue for the Journal and Courier. Mike, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and like and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. For Mike Carmen, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to College Football Daily and have a good Tuesday. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.